This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas. It's a little chilly here in Austin, Texas. We had some snow this week. We did. We did. It, uh, you know, we got the AMG Driving Academy here this week. And uh, I'll say uh, all those got snowbound a little bit Thursday night. It, it was pretty wicked. Well, we are very excited. This is John Massengill, and that was Les Kaiser. And Mr. Jonathan Green is not going to be on the show tonight. He is traveling and not going to be with us. But we are very excited because we have a couple of guests tonight. And, in fact, we're going to jump right in. Our first guest is he's a fantastic race driver. We've been following his career. Jonathan has been really following him closely and we've been following him and watching what he's been doing. And he's, he's dabbled in uh, several different race series and been very successful and very excited to welcome Jack Harvey to Speed City. Jack, welcome to the show. Good evening, guys. How are you, sir? Um, uh, as you can imagine, I'm pretty, pretty happy right now. I feel like quite a bit of uh, relief. A weight has come off my shoulders, so uh, I've got not one thing to complain about. Christmas came early, and... Uh, Delivered by Michael Shank, it sounds like. How cool is that? Um, I mean, absolutely. I, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't hope for a better Christmas gift, even though it did come a little bit early. But uh, I would take it. And uh, you know, Michael's a Michael's a great guy. We've been working on this. Well, I mean, honestly, as soon as the uh, 500 ended the weekend after we sat in Detroit, he said he could be interested. Uh, I kept calling him, and I'm glad we've got to this stage. Oh, that's excellent, excellent. You know, I, I, we still reserve our comment about him being such a great guy, and that's because he will not let us drive his Acura NSX. But other than that, we like him. <laughs> Maybe you'll get it. He drive it yet either. <laughs> if he's listening, Michael, we, wanna, we all want to drive it. <laughs> oh, I offered him the special Speed City Valet service and uh, promised him it's gratis. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack, why don't you give us the details? Because obviously it's so exciting for you to be able to do this this level of racing. And this, and like you said, you've been in the Indy 500 before, but being able to do multiple races in IndyCar. Give us the details. Yeah, so on, on Friday we actually announced that we would be doing a uh, partial season uh, in IndyCar in 2018 on a multi-year agreement with uh, MSR, Michael Shank Racing, in a technical partnership with Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. So it's a minimum of six races. Uh, we'd love to see it expand into just one or two more. That's the, I think that's the goal for all of us, honestly. I'm a pretty lucky guy. You know, I know <laughs> I've, got some great, uh, I've got some great supporters and some great sponsors. Uh, everybody at Automation and SiriusXM, they really made it happen because without their backing, I wouldn't have been able to go to, uh, I wouldn't have been able to go anywhere, honestly. And then 
somehow that situation got even better after uh, you know a great experience in May with Michael. We, we definitely didn't have the May that we were hoping we might have, uh, but that was kind of out of both of our controls. And I think honestly, looking back, I think the way we both handled you know a difficult month really made this the route that we wanted to take because I believe in Michael, I believe in his race team, him and his wife have built a fantastic organization there and Michael's had guys who have been with him, you know, for 20 plus years. If that doesn't speak volumes about, you know, the kind of guy he is, yeah. then uh, I don't know what will. And honestly, I just feel, you know, genuinely very lucky, extremely grateful that I'm going to get to go and do, uh, you know, multi-year IndyCar uh, contract season with, uh, with Michael. Well, I know that's got to be so exciting. And and look, you know, you, it's not like you haven't earned the right to do this because sure. obviously you've got you've had a fantastic career. You know, F three champion, British F three champion, and and again racing in the five hundred. What you've been on the in racing the five hundred? What two or three times, right? Yeah, this year was the first time we did it. But actually, I raced in Indy Lights at the Freedom One Hundred. For anyone who doesn't know, that's the race before the Indy Five Hundred, and actually won there. And I think I might be the second person ever to have won on the road course and the Oval in the same month. Huh, so, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, we were we were excited for the 500 this year. Uh, you know, we had a great race brewing. I think we had a top eight day on the cards. Uh, certainly the people we were battling with at the time and the strategy we were on finishing the, uh, well in the top ten. So, I mean, honestly, on a personal note, it was kind of nice to be able to get this deal done with Michael to be able to go back to the 500 and try and show everybody what I think we can truly achieve. Uh, I mean, certainly we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think it would all be competitive. You know, I've got a lot of people to thank for getting me even to this stage, you know, from go-karting to junior open-wheel racing. One of the nice things about this deal was it was actually Sam Schmidt who brought me to North America in the first place. Obviously, they're going to be involved uh, in this deal moving forward as the technical partner. So uh, this really was like combining the two places I feel most at home in North America in you know, one of the top series in the world, which is IndyCar. So uh, this was just awesome, mate, honestly. <laughs> I, I, I could tell the excitement. You know, it's funny, Les, we've been talking to a bunch of American drivers that have been, you know, over the years even, that have tried to go from America over to Europe and maybe to Formula One. And here we've got Jack go doing almost the opposite and moving into huh. IndyCar. Uh, but, I mean, has, this, has IndyCar been uh, a goal of yours for a while? When I keep, people have asked me this a bit recently, and I was chatting to my dad about it actually earlier on today, because I said, hey, I think we've made it, and he said, we absolutely have. Uh, the goal was to try and be a professional race car driver at the highest level, and certainly that's where we see IndyCar. Sure. I've always had a, a really big pull to wanting to come to North America and try and race. Um, even from a young age, I would watch, I would watch Formula One. I'd watch IndyCar, I'd watch NASCAR, you know, even when I was, you know, before I'd even actually started go-karting, I would watch all those categories. And I thought, honestly, to compete in any of them would be amazing. And obviously, I'm, I'm from the UK, so I competed across Europe. And, was, you know, after winning Formula 3, was very much on the path towards going to Formula 1. Uh, I got a call from Sam one day, and he said, hey, would you, would, would you want to maybe come and do Indy Life? And I was like, well, I've always wanted to go to... America, I, I, I don't know why. I just felt that maybe this was the place I was meant to be. Had no reason to believe that apart from in my gut. I just kind of thought I would like it here. And, uh, you know, it was the best decision I think we ever, we ever made. And I know that's sometimes a little opposite to what people want to do. But I love IndyCar racing. 
I love living in Indianapolis. I'm really happy here. And, you know, to be able to now have a multi-year agreement in place that allows me to stay here and hopefully keep building to the future certainly makes it seem like that decision and that big risk that we took at the end of 2013 is paying off. So, um, ah, you know, what, what else can I say? I mean, I, I know I'm a lucky guy. I think, you know, we work hard. Uh, I think we deserve what we get, but uh, I still recognize that anybody, you know, driving a race car for their, for their living is pretty lucky. So uh, we'll <laughs> yeah. stay humble. We'll stay humble. We'll keep keep working as hard as we can. And honestly, the only way we can make this deal better is to turn it into a full season. Well, you know what? Some of the best career advice anybody can ever give anybody is follow your gut, follow your instincts. And you did that and look where you are. And and who knows where this will lead? I mean, what are you, 24 years old? You got a long career ahead yeah. of you. Uh, I, you know, but I do have to ask you a question. Obviously, you've been in Indy Lights, and, and you, but you, mm. raced, you raced in the Indy 500 last year. Uh, there was some guy named Alonzo up there. It was a new, it was a rookie. Oh, yeah. I was wondering, did you help him out? Did you give him some tips? Were you <laughs> giving him, just, you know, a guy uh, like that probably needs to, needs to help out, right? Well, I mean, honestly, he, he looks so out of place. I just felt bad for the guy. I just wanted <laughs> to help him out as much as I could. But, I mean, honestly, what was crazy about Fernando coming was, I remember uh, just right when I started go-karting was basically when he was winning in Formula One. He was the guy I wanted to be. You know, <laughs> he was a two-time world champion. I was like that's the guy I'm aspiring to be. And then suddenly the next thing I know, I'm his teammate sat in the engineering room, like literally next to him. And I'm like, my God, that was my childhood hero. And he sat like right there. It, <laughs> wow. was, uh, it was an amazing, amazing experience. Actually, I remember this, I have this one funny story. I won't bore you with it too long, but we basically were getting changed. I didn't even realize that he was stood behind me and I fully like hip bumped him in the changing room. And I turned around <laughs> to like apologize. And I realized it was, Fernando, and somehow I felt even more goofy <laughs> doing it to him, but it was, uh, it was funny. Oh. I don't know if he found it funny, but I did. <laughs> uh, There's probably a very limited handful of drivers that have done that with him, <laughs> especially in the <laughs> locker room. <laughs> and I think I said something cheeky to him after and was like, watch out. And anyway, he didn't think it was funny. <laughs> but I did. It was good. It was fun. Well, uh, you know, Jonathan Green is not on the show. He's one of our one of our posts here, and he he was the one that, that uh, spotted the news when you first announced it and wanted you to be on the show. And he said, "Man, we got to get him on the show. He's a good kid from Yorkshire." And and I don't know if that's true or not. He may have gotten that, that wrong, but but is that he, what he called I just, him? I'm like one county, like one state down from Yorkshire <laughs> in a place called Lincolnshire, but uh, they're so close. It, it's it's it counts. It's a stone throw. <laughs> Well, when, listen, when, when we're all the way in America, it, it counts, okay? <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, you we were joking earlier about uh, driving the the uh, Acura NSX from Michael Shank, but, you know, they've got a, a pretty good gig going over there in the sports cars. You know, a lot of these guys that, that race for these teams get to spend a little time doing others. Would you ever entertain doing a little uh, racing for them in the sports car team? Oh, absolutely. I think we, uh, <laughs> we tried to Michael... Uh, Right from the get-go, it was kind of a case of, oh, by the way, if you ever need a driver, I'm available. <laughs> um, I think the goal, and again, I'm not going to speak for Michael here, but I think the goal over time is to try and slowly graduate into uh, that program, maybe just for the long-distance races, but at least for the 2018 season, the, the goal is just to focus primarily on IndyCar. But, um, sure. He's competitive at everything. He wants to win at everything and honestly has won you know, more or less everything. I think he said the only thing he hadn't had was uh, Sebring, which you know, certainly I'm hoping they will in 2018. And I'll, I hopefully I'll be there 
cheering and supporting the guys as much as I can. You know, I really want to integrate within the whole team. Um, so driving one of those cars would definitely be something I'd love to do if I could just keep convincing him to try and let me. Well, Jack, have you got a couple minutes? Because we just want to take a quick break, but we want you to hang on because I want to talk a little bit more about this. I want to, I'm just reading some quotes from some Absolutely. of the, Well, great, great. Because I, I want to talk uh, some more about this. I'm looking at the sponsor, SiriusXM and AutoNation, and it's amazing. So mm. we'll stick with Thank us. Uh, we'll stick with us after the break. You're listening to Speed City, and we will be back with Jack just after these messages. Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself, Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Mosing Motorcars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motorcars, 2420 West Breaker Lane, online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motorcars, drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, don't matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it, we'll make you better. The right choice for breaking news first. Talk 1370. The right choice. My name is Christina Nelson, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, when we went to the break, we were talking with Jack Harvey. We still got him on the line. Very excited about his new 2018 season with Michael Shank Racing in uh, an IndyCar. Six, six race deals to start with. 
But Jack, I want to I want to read this uh, this quote from Jim Meyer, the CEO of SiriusXM, because I I mean you guys have AutoNation, SiriusXM, and Honda, and, and more. I mean these are great huge names. But he says. Uh, this is Jim Meyer. He says, Jack Harvey and Michael Shack Racing are a great team and pleased to support them as they expand their IndyCar race schedule. We, we were proud to sponsor them last year and look forward to having SiriusXM represented on the car for several races. And that's got to just, I mean, SiriusXM is now carrying all the Formula One races. And they're obviously, uh, they, they carry a lot of IndyCar races. So that's got to feel good from, uh, from support from brands like that. There, there's one more thing, though. There's a, a a slight connection between Sirius Radio and Liberty Media, I believe. Uh, well, yeah. There's then then there's that, yeah. But but Jack, that's got to feel good, right? I mean, honestly, the amount of uh, good sponsors we have is just outstanding. You know, again, that's I've, I've used the word lucky a lot tonight, but uh, you know, I really am. So I, I met Jim kind of randomly i think that's kind of fair to say <laughs> and we just honestly were chit-chatting and you know i wasn't trying to sell him on anything because i had no idea who he was which is really embarrassing to say now <laughs> uh, we went for brunch the next day and he said okay he was you know pretty candid he just was like do you know who i am and as soon as somebody says that <laughs> you feel immediately inadequate that you don't know who they are and he's like oh do you know what serious thing sent me i was like yeah i was listening to the soccer channel on the way in and he's like, oh, good, you're familiar. I'm the CEO. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Talk about, like, because and uh, not prepared. But, um, you know, I, Jim's a really great guy. He really did. Uh, he was pretty instrumental in putting all of this together. We we took him to the Indy 500 because I was lucky enough that he would. Uh, he got the support from Sirius uh, to, support, uh, to sponsor me for that month. And because he was there with me, met Michael. You know, and they have a great relationship. And I mean, honestly, without without Jim, it wouldn't. Uh, a lot of this wouldn't have happened. I owe a lot to him. I called him on Friday uh, after the announcement, and I think he was as happy as anybody. And I think the relationship they're also building with Autonation. You know, I actually owe nearly everything to uh, to Mark Cannon. You know, from Autonation because the relationship I've had with them has been building since 2015. So I think the combination have been able to get some. Uh, you know, some new people on board and along with people who have supported me or, you know, been trying to support me for, you know, several years now has been, uh, it, it makes me quite proud, honestly. Uh, hopefully they see something in me which, uh, you know, we're going to finally get the opportunity to show everybody else. So um, That's awesome. Great group of people. Just going to try and get on the track now and make them proud. Well, that's awesome because, uh, I mean, I, I, like Jonathan said, he's just a, a good guy. Oh, but also, before we move off this discussion, did I see you driving a minivan in a car commercial for AutoNation? Uh, was that, <laughs> was that you? <laughs> it, was, it was an SUV. It wasn't a minivan. Okay, okay, good, SUV. good. We'll try and, although, actually, I was driving a minivan not too long ago and I was driving the <laughs> Honda Odyssey, and it drove awesome. So, I actually went from thinking minivans weren't cool to actually they're not too bad, so... I don't want any hate on my Twitter feed for saying that, but uh, it was fun <laughs> to drive it. I'm right, trying well, to remember who it was saying they're driving an element now, and they love it. So, yeah, you're in good company. All right, well, we're, we'll edit that out after the show for the podcast that <laughs> well, you actually like accurate. minivans. We'll edit that out. So, <laughs> There you go. Jack, say Acura NSX once. We'll sit that in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll plug that in. Uh, well, well, Jack, um, so... Uh, you know this this adventure that's going to take place is going to be six races. But I mean, let's talk about the obviously the long the possibility is 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 uh, the long term goals are do more races and 
and uh, yeah. ha you know talk about the possibility of that. Well, I think we try to uh, you know set realistic targets for 2018, especially with it being you know Michael's first uh, IndyCar effort, with it being my you know more than one race effort. Um, the, the first three that we know are confirmed will be uh, season opener in St. Petersburg, then going to Long Beach in California, and then Indianapolis 500. So, uh, you know, three pretty awesome races to get our season underway and hopefully they go well. The next three after that aren't confirmed as yet, um, but certainly the goal is to see it expand. But I would, from what we've all been kind of talking about, I would love to see us kind of end up with, uh, you know, another race or maybe two races. And if we could get to eight, that would be a, uh, a net half a season. And I think that would give us a good platform then to keep building on for 2019 because the goal at some point is to try and get a, a full season under our belt where we can, uh, you know, go out and be competitive the whole year. And I think we, you know, we have opportunity and potential to uh, surprise a few people. I think even this year coming, that's why we're, that's why we're here. We're certainly not trying to just make up the numbers. We want to go and, achieve some good results and again those expectations are you know being kept in check but um if we're meeting those goals then you know the potential for something really good to happen is high yeah when you get an organization like michael shank racing that is, is organized and professional and experienced really uh you know i, I and i know you're you guys are stepping into the highest level of racing let's face it indy you know we talk formula one earlier but indycar is you know it it is no slouch yeah well it's just i mean it's just as it's the highest one of the highest level racing series there is and there's going to be a lot of other professional competitors that have all those same characteristics but you know we've seen what michael shank can do and i you know i think that uh, if you guys come in and surprise some people then uh, then I think that, that you can make that a reality, maybe, you know, either more races this season or, or, you know, a full season and not too distant future. Certainly that's what we're hoping for. Um, when I, so when the, when the deal came together to even meet Michael, uh, really was because Fernando came over through the 500. And when the team called me and said I was going to be doing the 500 with Michael, I wasn't nervous, I wasn't scared, I wasn't apprehensive because I followed everything that he's done. And he's a winner. Um, I have no doubt that... Will we, will we win a race next year? I have no idea. But if Michael was doing a full-time IndyCar effort, I, I believe that he would be winning races. Um, and I think, honestly, that's why we put so much uh, you know, faith in him, so much desire to want to do it with him, because I don't see any reason why he can't do that at this level, because he's built a great organization. I, I, you know, I do truly believe in him. I believe in everybody... He has in uh, at the shop, and you know, even the the guys who fly in for the weekend. You know, he's not he's not employing anybody he doesn't believe in, and I believe in him, so no reason to doubt anybody else. And I'm excited to uh, to, to get going. And I think that we all know the competition in IndyCar is you know extremely high. This is the best teams in the world. You know, don't make no mistake about it. And we're going to go and try and compete against them. But uh, I believe in my team. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm as uh, Cautiously optimistic about what we can achieve without getting too carried away. We know what we, you know, we know what good expectations are. Um, just time for us to try and go out and execute. Yep. Well, I I think that's you know I think we we are excited to watch this and really. I mean, you sound like a fantastic, great guy and humble. Good, and, good match for Michael's team. We, yeah, we get to spend a lot of time around you. Michael here in uh, in Austin when he comes. So. Well, one thing I get, I saw an article about you uh, 
you, you were helping out some uh, some softball for autism kids. Uh, yeah. I, I know you're you're excited to be about be in Indy, and you know this is a, being a part of the community too, joining in things like that. Uh, that sounded like something that was you, you sounded pretty excited to be doing that. I like to try and help out people wherever I can, honestly, because I've received so much support from a lot of people. It's nice to be able to give back when the opportunity arises to actually give back. Um, I got asked to go and do it, and I think everybody, whether it's directly or indirectly, knows people who are suffering from something. And, you know, to be able to go and just bring us, even if it's only a few hours, just a little bit of happiness or you know, take your mind away from it. I, I'm always happy to go. I've actually got a, a trip to uh, Riley's Kids Hospital just before Christmas. We're going to go in and see everybody there. So I said to uh, to all of Michael's guys, to, you know, my own PR team, I was like, if anything like that comes up, then we're going to go and do it. If we have to make time to do it, we're going. Um, you know, I think being, giving back where you can, I think is key because certainly I've received a lot of support, you know, and to be able to go and just try and make somebody's day, even if it's a tiny little bit better, it's still worth it. Um, you know, I would never turn down anything like that. And honestly, I just feel like if you can help, then you should help. Excellent. I love it. Love it. Well, Jack, why don't you uh, tell us how to follow you on social media and websites or whatever you want so we can, our fans can uh, keep, keep track of you. Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jack underscore Harvey. 42. Uh, my Facebook account is uh, is growing and it's just Jack Harvey Racing. Um, I'm kind of goofy. I use my uh, social media to try and show my character as much as my uh, on-track activity. So don't uh, don't hate on anything. Uh, it's going to be goofy, but we're going to have a we're going to have a good time and you know just try and show you guys kind of a little bit more about me and the side that sometimes you don't get to see once I take the helmet off. <laughs> hey, we well, like that part. Jack Harvey, thank you so much for coming on Speed City. You sound like a heck of a nice guy. We're really going to be rooting for you. And best of thank luck you. this best of luck this season. And we'll talk to you again. Happy holidays, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Happy holidays to you guys as well. All right, talk to you soon. Thank uh, you. Yeah, he's a good match for Michael Shanks' team. Yeah, you know, we, I think we've had just about the entire team on at one point or another over the past few years. I know, and we're not sponsored by. <laughs> no, not sponsored. No, it's just a good story. Well, yeah. On second, Michael, we're not opposed. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, but it's a good story, and I now I know why Jonathan wanted to have him on because he's a nice guy, humble guy, and and he has made his way through the ranks. You know, oh, he's uh, earned it absolutely. Uh, but you know what I what I take away when we hear from these guys that aren't uh, you know dyed in the wool. You know, bred and born Americans, it kind of made me, you know, rethink Indy 500. You know, a few years ago, you didn't have a huge population of folks from out of the country that were really paying attention. At least we didn't know they were. We'd see, you know, some folks come in, but honestly, uh, it's got a lot more prominence overseas than I expected. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think, I guarantee you, that's part of what they're thinking is. Yeah, you know, when we were younger and first started watching the Indy 500, it was all Americans or, you know, 90% probably. But I think that the, the, the series will carry more gravitas now and it's got, you know, a, a better reputation worldwide. But, you know, you, and you want that. You, just like we were to have discussion tonight about, you know, the, what is the, the, the top series in racing? You know, everybody immediately says Formula One, but IndyCar is obviously in that discussion and WEC and some of the others. So, 
I Absolutely. Mean, but, but IndyCar probably got that way from what you were saying. So, Well, speaking of Formula One, we are going to talk some Formula One. We're going to take a break, but there's a handful of stories that have happened in Formula One. And also, in the uh, coming up in a few minutes, we've got Corey Enders, another race car driver, young guy from Houston, right down the road. So we're going to have him on as well. But stick with us, and we'll be back after these short messages. camera and video is the largest camera store in texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders jerry and rosemary sullivan precision camera is committed to the finest customer experience with hand-picked products and on-hand experts you won't find a more helpful knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service come see for yourself precision camera and video 2438 west anderson lane the racetrack it's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Hi, Brendan Hartley. This is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Thank you, Brendan Harley, for bringing us back. Yeah. He's, had, he's had a bit of a, uh, some announcements this season as well. That's right. He's gonna uh, he's taking a permanent seat in that Toro Rosso, and uh, he'll be vlogging it like he always does. I'm anxious to see him actually get settled in, get acclimated to that car. But, uh, hey, you know, after the first break, we heard Christina Nelson bringing us back in. I was texting with her. She has signed with Wright Motorsports. Oh, she yeah. is back in a Porsche for GTD. And, uh, hey, she's done really well through there. That's In fact, that's where we met her. She was running Porsches way back. So uh, great announcements for the new year. Yeah, well, when we went to break, we said we were going to talk a little Formula One. And there's a hand, just a handful of stories. Not Obviously, not a whole lot going on in the after season here. But I like this one. It was, uh, it was Vettel. He, he was, uh, he was t- telling everyone, stop moaning about F1's lack of overtaking. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, because everybody wants more overtaking, Vettel. I'm, I mean, I know his, his argument is like, you know, if you want uh, you want overtaking to be an achievement, he says, not handed to you. In other words, he wants it to be something special. But you know what? I I disagree, Mr. Vettel. I want more overtaking. So yeah, yeah. Okay, can we can we split a little bit between IMSA and F one? <laughs> yeah, we got to talk a little bit about Jensen Button. I know uh, Jonathan brought him up just barely. We ran out of time with him last week, but. Uh, 
I think it's going to be awesome to see Jensen Button taking a swing in the IMSA Sports Car Championship. Sure. Anxious to see this uh, Penske team. uh, Hoping all of it gets firmed up and coming through. Uh, There's definitely interest growing. He is a strong candidate. Just waiting on some absolute details to come out of that. But a full-time Penske seat, that would be cool for the captain. Sure. You know, another story that I, I we tweeted out earlier this morning, it was talking about the uh, the attendance in Formula One in 2017. And obviously, Liberty Media taking over, you know, they're, they're going to be hypersensitive to any increases or decreases in attendance. And But overall, uh, it looks like it was up and... And obviously there was a handful of races down, but the one that caught my eye, of course, was Circuit of the Americas. And I don't know if you saw the numbers less, but it was, you know, in 2016, we had Taylor Swift. Obviously, you know, it was her only North American stop and it added a huge amount to it. But obviously in 2017, we had Justin Timberlake, not Justin Bieber. I almost said it again, Justin Timberlake. And so it was here in Austin. We never saw the numbers un- until this was announced by Formula One, but uh, there were 258,000 people here. So that makes it the second. And these are just numbers off the top of my head, but I think that makes it the second largest to last year because we started off the very first year in 2012 around 250. Right. And then it was in the 240s the mm-hmm. couple of years after that. And then we had the rain debacle in 2015 where – I think the number, the official number was like 210,000. And of course, everybody said the sky is falling. But anyway, I just like to see that at 258,000, uh, it is very healthy numbers here in the United States. But but overall, almost all the races were up. There was a handful of down. There was the Russian race down about 5%. And Great Britain was, uh, was all down 1.6%. So almost, you know, no change. But um, Japan down the largest but it was, you know, it was 137,000 versus 145,000 over 16. So it wasn't huge. But right. the bottom, but really what I'm trying to say is, is it, it was a good year for, for Formula One in attendance wise. Definitely. Definitely was. And, you know, I'll, I'll throw back to Mario Andretti the first year here. We had the opportunity to speak to him in the paddock. And he said, well, this is one thing we need, a permanent facility. Now we've got Coda. And then yep. he said, uh, you know, we need an American team will be the next thing. Well, we've got Haas. And he said, then I want some American drivers in it. Here we come. Everybody's building up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's it. We want a connection to it. It's not just a British sport or those people from other countries. Uh, we're getting there. You know, Zach Brown is uh, really helping out. A lot of things around the are turning that way, certainly with Liberty Media, putting an American approach on it uh, it's funny, I, I've heard uh, folks talking about the opening that went on here for the United States Grand Prix. Yeah. Glenn, uh, Aaron Glencross put it together. That was phenomenal. Very American-esque. Uh, Daniel Ricardo just absolutely loved it. Well, I know that was a huge spectacle, and I know some people around the world weren't really excited about it, but anyway, I I think it was a positive move. I don't know if I loved every aspect of it, but... I think it's a positive move, and I think it's it goes to what I was just talking about. It's like well, they're trying to build the sport and grow the grow the sport in any way they can, and I, I'm certain they're going to make some missteps. But you know what? I I don't think I can think of a huge misstep by Liberty Media to date. You know, they overall they're saying eight percent up in attendance, 
Right. So I, does anything jump to mind? I can't think of a giant mistake by Liberty up to this point. I don't. I think uh, Chase Carey and the team have been cautiously making their adjustments. I think uh, they've certainly got the American perspective that's going to put in. And, and I don't think I'm blind to anything, but I don't think there's any been anything that really has swayed the Euros away from it or any other countries for that matter. Yeah, well, you know, in the big shows they had, remember the show they had before Silverstone in London, London in downtown London? Yeah. London Live? I mean, that was a big deal. Now, there's been some discussion about Liberty and the money they're spending because apparently they haven't been making as much money, but they, you know, they're saying it's part of the plan. It's a, we're going to spend some money in places and in, in events just like they did in London Live. And, you know, what is the old saying? You got to spend money to make money. And I don't know if those are going to be if those types of events or those big expenditures are going to be part of the plan, but I think that I'm excited that they're ex experimenting. They didn't come out and say, oh, we're going to have 20, 20 cities and we're going to have that same kind of event all in every, before every single race and spend a zillion dollars. They tried it in London. And to me, it was pretty successful. And, and the, the one thing that I know is very tangible that a reason I say that was successful it's because there was a ton of people watching online, social. Right. Because you could see the live numbers, and there was a lot of people watching that live. So, I, you know, I, I'm, and I'm certain that's one of the ways they gauge it, too, because that's, that's another big initiative of them is the digital. Yeah, they did a uh, – if you're not familiar with the event we're talking about, the London Live event was uh, there in London, obviously, done leading up to the race. And it was really a way to engage the local audiences and the folks that were in the area and get them hooked on Formula One if they weren't already. Uh, give them some access they haven't had before. I mean, those those aren't those aren't things that were very uh, very often occurring here in Austin. The first year we had Fan Fest. It was a great huge thing that uh, locked down a good part of downtown and you know engaged a lot of local folks. Got it was them introduced huge. to it. It was huge, and I still get people asking me about Fan Fest. It's like because it trickled down over the couple of years, and I, I think that maybe it was just a little too early to do it that big because it was it was big. What happened was it was pretty successful in 2012, the first year, right? But then 2013 and 14 subsequent years, the you know, there was wasn't as much attendance in those uh, right. those off track events downtown and stuff. But I think that obviously the first year everybody was so excited, like they didn't even know what half the people didn't even know what they were coming to experience. But it was a, it was a huge event, and I think that's something that could build back up here in Austin. And I don't know, you know, who knows what plans that well, I Liberty think, has for different cities here in the United States as well. I think uh, you know engaging the drivers and getting them to come out and, and be recognizable, you know, getting the audience to that's new to the sport to actually have an opportunity to see them in their away from track yeah yeah and they're, and they're in the wild in their native environment is that what you were i don't know it's <laughs> like inside without the helmet on and the suit on yeah all right well we are excited that we have another guest so we're going to go in and take a break and when we come back we're going to be joined by Corey enders a race like driver i feel like we've watched him grow up before our eyes. i know we have watched him grow up he's based in houston just down the road a piece so we're going to have Corey enders with us after the break listen to speed city live in austin texas be right back Oh, 
Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself, Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. MV Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Mosing Motor Cars is Central Texas's source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Mosing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491 or browse the garage online at mosingmotorcars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Ryan DL, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, but we're going to continue our discussion with, you know, young badass race drivers. I got to say, somebody's getting a new red sleigh at Mosing Motor Cars, and I think it's the 427 variety of that Cobra they were talking about. Oh, what, uh, what, Superformance? One yeah, of those? Yeah, yeah. Those guys are the Texas, or the Austin dealer for Superformance. They are the largest in Texas. They're they're one of the largest in this part of the country, so if you're Sweet. looking for something like a very authentic version of it, uh, you, you know, they probably check should, those guys. Uh, She'd probably keep the fluids warm and circulated in those. I could probably swing probably by need and to exercise. Talk yeah. to Jeff and make sure. Yeah, they need exercise. That's 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 what they need to do. Those. All right. Well, we're going to continue our discussion with young badass race drivers. Like I said, and we are very excited to welcome back to the show Corey Enders. Corey, welcome back to Speed City. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing absolutely great. Just enjoying the off season. There you go. Well, welcome back. You have been busy. And, you know, like I said, before we went to break, I feel like we've watched you grow up in these cars and uh, you keep nailing it, buddy. Congrats. Well, thank you very much. You know, I've been trying my best and trying to work my up through the Mazda road to Indy and uh, trying to get to IndyCar, you know, like Jack Harvey did. Yep. Well, obviously, uh, the the road to Indy has got they've got a great ladder system set up to do that. So, and you're on it. And uh, well, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your you know your history in the in the road to Indy so far. Oh, I think we lost oh, him. We lost him. We yeah, lost him. I saw the screen. Well, we're getting Corey right back. But but I know Corey has been. Can you hear me now? 
Good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Corey, Corey's been trying to work his way up to into IndyCar through the IndyCar ladder, and and we'll get more about that story. But uh, but he has joined us on on Speed City several times. He's I think he's just now turned twenty. By the way, you were looking for his birthday right. a while ago. But yeah, yeah, he's uh, just turned twenty. He's been doing it a few years, and you know he's one of the the uh, guys that works with Speed Group, which are a professional behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. A group that help up and coming racers. Well, I think we got Corey back. Corey, you were going to tell us about your uh, your Indy, your road to Indy and the IndyCar ladder so far. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I lost you guys there. Um, so I'm racing in the USF 17 season uh, for the second time this year. Uh, first time back in 2016. Again with G-Force Racing. Uh, we kind of branched off to Formula Four. We did a couple Formula Four races at Circuit of the Americas and VIR. Uh, but really, we're just mainly focusing on USF 17, and we're feeling very competitive for this year. Yeah, that's right. We saw you at Circuit of the Americas for Formula 4. How was that? That looked that was pretty amazing to have that at the Formula 1 weekend and WEC weekend, too, right? Did you do both? I did do both. It, it was really a blessing. It was a ton of fun to be there, especially during the WEC weekend, because, you know, we're able to get into the, the paddock access there, unlike Formula 1. You know, it's very secluded and closed off. Yeah. But, um yeah, to get in there to WEC and to see all that and to see how those guys function and to see how the teams work, the pit crews, it's really incredible and inspiring. I I want to, I would love to do a WEC race someday if I'm ever presented the opportunity. Oh, yeah. Well, like we were talking with Corey, you know, we're, what is what is considered the highest level of motorsports? Well, it, that's always a little blurry because it de- depending on what type of car and everything else, but WEC is way up there. But I got to ask you, you touched on it just now, but how was it being there with those guys? I mean, there's some of the greatest race drivers in the world, some guys that have been in Formula One. Uh, did you get to build any new relationships or anything like that? Any meet any idols, stuff like that? You know, I, I didn't get to meet any of the drivers, unfortunately, but they were all pretty busy at the time I rolled over into the pit lane. But I got to watch the pit crews practice one of their pit stops a few times, and I, I have to say... Those guys are equally as impressive as the drivers. It is incredible how they do what they do. It really is. And, folks, you want to be there like on Friday night and Saturday night after, you know, pretty much after things really seem to shut down. Come down to the front straight, sit in the grandstands, and watch those things. In some cases, you can come down onto the uh, the track itself near the area. But uh, you're right. The choreography that goes into that is just amazing. All righty. So I got to get caught up a little bit. You've been, you know, with the Mazda. Uh, Road to Indy. We've talked about that. We had Mr. Anderson on talking about it. Explain a little bit about the the ladder system and how you get into this and your next steps. So initially, um, I didn't get in this way. I just joined the USF 17 program directly, which is what a lot of people do. But uh, like Oliver Askew, last year's championship winner in USF 2000, um, he joined the MRTI scholarship program and raced his way up through the ranks through the Mazda scholarship program and was able to fund himself into USF 17. And basically that's what Mazda and Cooper tires wanted to do was create a ladder system, which I don't think we've seen anywhere else in the world, to be honest, um, as constructed as it is here in the United States. That brings you all the way up to what we were talking about earlier on the show is the top level of racing, which is IndyCar here in the United States. Yeah, I agree that Mazda has done, I mean, the, the Mazda in conjunction with Indy have, have uh, kind of set the model for everybody else. And I, I mean, I know Formula One, we've been talking to the guys from the F3 and F4 championship, the United States, you know, the new F3 and the F4, and they're trying to do something similar. And that's an FIA thing that's across the globe. But there's probably some lessons they could learn from the, the way that IndyCar has done this. And it's good. It's, it's great because... 
you know, you because it is so organized, it makes me as a race fan not not you know not being a a motorsports commentator or, or anything else. Just as a fan, when I see USF two thousand. And the other ladder series, I'm going, okay, the, these guys are going to be really good, and I'm going to go watch that because those are the guys that are going to be in IndyCar not too, in the long-distant future. That's right, and that's exactly how they advertise it. You know, we're, We are progressing our way up through the development system of racing, and uh, I think all the guys in USF 17 last year have the potential to make it to IndyCar. Everyone is extremely talented. It was such a, a surprise when we got there and how competitive the field was. You know, we weren't surprising. Uh, we were very surprised, actually. Uh, we thought we were going to be a little bit more competitive than we were last year, but we were humbled and we're really excited to come back this year a lot stronger. So I've been actually on the simulator preparing for our first preseason test in Homestead. Uh, I've been on there like six hours a day for the past two months uh, just preparing for all these different tracks that we're going to be going to. Ooh, tell us about that. I want to know. that. So that's probably a little more sophisticated than the little GTX 1070 uh, system my son and I get to play on a little bit. It's probably something incredible piece of hardware, huh? Well, it, it's actually pretty awesome. You know, it's it's not too complicated, but it is very, very realistic. Um, I use iRacing, which a lot of other oh, yeah. do. I'm sure you've heard of it, yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, and, you know, they have... They're doing an amazing job with the cars and the development, laser scan tracks. It's extremely realistic because I can get on, uh, for, for instance, the first time I used iRacing, I was learning Barber Motorsports Park in Alabama. And uh, I, that track is an extremely up uphill track, and there's all sorts of curves and winds, and you can't really see it on the simulator, but you get the feel for the track, and you get there, and you feel like you've already driven the track. And it's a very strange feeling because, you know, you're in a new place and new car, but you feel vaguely familiar there. Yeah, that's, that's it's funny. I've, I've thought about that a bunch because uh, I know that you, you don't get the sensation necessarily of, of the altitude and the, and the angle of the track and all that. But uh, I know every race driver talks about how much time they spend on the simulators. But um, I, and I know speaking of the, the you said laser skin and everything, I know that. I heard one of the guys from, I think it may have been, uh, it was one of the software developers, and he talked about the data that they get. And sometimes they'll get, uh, they'll get data from each of the tracks that's GPS down to the you know, centimeter level. So it's not just close. It is exactly, apparently, that they're, they're just dead on 100%. And I, I'm sure you can feel that. You really can. It really does make the difference because I used to, you know, before I was really into racing because I actually only raced my first series uh, ever in the Toyota Racing Series where Jonathan Green was commentating. Um, and that's actually where I met him. So to be able to have such a precise tool, um, especially when you don't have uh, the assets to go to all these different tracks all the time and, and train and practice and do tests with the car and all these different things, um, it's really, really great to be able to have something to learn and practice all the tracks. Because, you know, we have we go to all the IndyCar tracks, and we race with IndyCar, which is another benefit of the Mazda Road to Indy. You know, we get to have all the fans and all the publicity that IndyCar has, which is great for us as well. Well, and also you get to see how it works. You know, I, I can imagine that uh, moving up in any to, – moving to a new series – a big part of it is just the learning curve. Well, you guys are, are getting the learning curve because you're already there at the same tracks, and, 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 you know, it's all part of the same system. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's great because the series all race together. 
with a few exceptions, like uh, Indy Lights will go to a couple different ovals than USF 2000 will. But, you know, you get to learn the tracks and keep them in your memory bank all the way up until IndyCar. And then once you're in IndyCar, you've you've been racing there for probably five or six years by then. Well, speaking of training and practicing and all this stuff, I got to ask, you know, you're a 20-year-old kid and you're, you know, living the dream, being a race car driver. But I, I know that uh, from every race driver I've ever seen looks like they could compete in any athletic sport because it there's you know there's so many the now the g-forces are so high they're probably even amazingly high even as you step down the ladders with slicks and wings and but what do you do for a for a physical regimen and and dietary what do you do all that are, are you really strict and all that you know that's it's actually a great question i before i started racing i weighed 220 pounds and now i weigh 145 pounds so wow! I had to overcome a huge obstacle uh, to be able to get into the car. You know, when I first joined D-Force, they made it very clear to me in a nice way that I needed to lose some weight. And after looking at some drivers and seeing how they looked, I knew that that's how I needed to look as well. So, yes, I do have a very strict regimen. I actually practice something called intermittent fasting, which is where I fast for about eight hours a day um, from, t- I'm sorry, where I fast for about 16 hours a day from 8 p.m., to 12 p.m., and then I eat from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Or the calorie cap at about 2,500 calories. Um, I'm not trying to lose any more weight. You know, I'm at 145 pounds. What I'm trying to do is build lean muscle. Um, And what that is is a lot of high reps and low weight in the gym. So I do a good cardio workout at around 8 o'clock in the morning and then about an hour to an hour and a half of weights and aerobic exercises. And then I will begin with my fasting regimen. Yeah, I knew you were going to say something along these lines because I, I know you can't be competitive if you don't. I remember uh, a few years ago when Alexander Rossi was on the show, he, he sat in the studio with us, and he I think he was racing with Caterham. I think he was right. a reserve driver with yep. Caterham, and he, and he was talking about them weighing out all this food and all the crazy uh, exercises. You know, they were working on his neck, and, and then all of the they, – they were doing some of these – um, uh, mental exercises too, where he was having to do multiple things at once, and and I, you know, every race car driver has to do that as well, and so yeah, I, I'm not surprised at all with the regimen you have to have. Yeah, you know, that's a whole new level, the kind of stuff that those IndyCar <laughs> drivers do, and that's something that's really exciting because you know you get to hear about it and kind of get a little vision into what they're doing because IndyCar does such a great job with their social media and their YouTube channel. They actually featured me. Um, at Watkins Glen with a visor cam. I was the first Mazda Road to Indy, I think, yeah, first Mazda Road to Indy driver to have a IndyCar visor cam on their channel. So that cool. was a really cool thing but, for me. Hey, now, isn't that the one that you got the, like, the pass of the race or something to that effect on? Oh, yeah, actually, I got the, I think it was the, the Royal Purple Pass of the Year in US wow. 2000. <laughs> okay, now, now. That, that was in, yeah. He probably... Corey probably doesn't know that I know this, but us having lots of friends over in Houston, I'm going to pull something out on Corey. So you get a pretty sizable check for this. For the pass of the year? For the pass of the year. Corey didn't cash it. He turned it in to the Harvey Victim Fundraising. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And just handed it right over. So, Corey, good on you, buddy. That is so cool because I know your budget's not huge, and that could have made a difference for you. Definitely. You know, the... They do a great job with the sponsorships and all the stuff they give out for the wins and polls and all the different prizes that 
But, you know, that happened. I was granted that uh, it was kind of a last-second thing. I didn't even know about the competition, but I knew about this pass that I had in Barber, and I just threw it down the inside of these two guys. Or not Barber. I, I wrote America. I just threw it down the inside of these two guys. We submitted it at the last second. I ended up winning the next week. It was a real surprise, and that was right around the time that Harvey had just struck. And actually, my mom's friend lost uh, her entire house that she had just moved into. Mm -hmm. So we know a lot of people, catastrophic things happen to them in Harvey. So that was a great thing. I I really wanted to donate to that foundation. And also, my sponsors doubled doubled it. Um, Mercedes-Benz of Sugarland and McLaren Houston also submitted $5,000 of their own to the Hurricane Harvey Foundation. Awesome that's Corey, that's amazing. Well, Corey, we are out of time. Thank you for doing that, and thanks for coming on the show. Best of luck this season. I'm sure we'll see you some more, and and, uh, get on down to Austin to come see us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Can't wait to be on again. All All right. Travel safe, buddy. Happy holidays. All right. Well, we got to wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in this week. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and we'll talk to you next Sunday night, 7 o'clock, right here where you find us. Ciao, y'all. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.